Hello, everybody, and welcome to my brand new podcast. Music to Live for with Shanti, it's me, Shanti, a Swiss musicologist and stage manager, talking with different artists and discussing different topics belonging to the music business. Social media allowed me to connect with people from all over the world. One of them is Logan Miano, drummer of the band Rhythm of Fear. I always found this post funny, and so we connected. In this episode, we talk about the American scene, living in Florida, and his experience as a musician that even brought him here in Switzerland. So let's go! Check this out! Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of my podcast. This is Music to Live for with Shanti and today I'm here with Logan Miano from the States. Hi Logan, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going Shanti? Yeah, all fine here, all fine here. So I'll let you introduce you for the audience, where you come from and everything. We are so curious to know more about you. Oh, sure. Yeah, I have so many fans out there, man. Billions and billions. I'm sure they all <laughs> dying to know about, about me. No. Uh, yeah, Logan Miano. I play drums for a thrash metal band, the thrash metal band, Rhythm of Fear, based out of Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, that's basically it. I'm not very interesting. <laughs> yeah, Florida. <laughs> I mean, Florida for us in Europe, it's, I guess, Everglades and Miami. Oh, Miami is beautiful, beautiful women, beautiful people. It's hot. Florida is always hot. You never get a chance. I live in North Florida, so I get to feel a little bit of a cold snap about two, about two weeks out of the year, pretty much. But uh, I love the cold personally. That's why I'm, I'm trying to move to Switzerland, bro. As soon as you got a floor space out there for me, I'll move in. Nah, but uh, yeah, no, Florida is nasty, bro. You got huge mosquitoes. You got alligators running across the highway. You got to beat them off with with sticks. But uh, it's always hot here and it's always nasty. But yeah, the Ever- Everglades, man, I've never I've never visited the Everglades before. That's really sad. As a Floridian, I've never actually been. But I hear it's it's scary and you probably don't want to go there. It's like okay. giant snakes that'll eat you. <laughs> but that's fun because states, but every state in America are so big. Uh, but even here in Switzerland, it's a small country, but there's places where I've never been. So, you know, like, it doesn't matter if it's where you live. There is always that specific place where everybody knows. But huh? have you ever been there? Honestly, no. <laughs> so, this right, is yeah. yeah. So, you say you're, you're a drummer, trash metal band. How do you get into that kind of music, man? Uh, let's see. So when I was young, so I grew up listening to like AOR bands, like adult oriented rock bands, like Journey, Kansas, uh, REO Speedwagon, stuff like that. Cause my, my father, he listens to all the classic stuff like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. So that was always like really my passion as a kid. But then when I got older, uh, I want to say I, someone introduced me to POD and like mm-hmm. Lincoln Park and whatnot when I was a child. And I thought that was like the heaviest music, like the most aggressive music I had ever heard at the time. And then when you're, I, I was, I always collected CDs and I still do to, to an extent. 
I have way too many. I need to sell them all. But so hit me up, anyone out there that's trying to buy some compact discs. I got you. Uh, <laughs> trying to clear out some storage. But uh, so I would buy CDs growing up, and then in the CD booklets, it would have like a thank you list, right, of other bands. Like, hey, you should listen to this band, this band, this band. And I would always read the thank you notes, and then I would go to the library or go to a record store, and like FYE or coconuts or, you know, places like that and try to find those CDs because at the time you didn't have internet to just like go to YouTube or go to Spotify or, right. or whatever to find music. Uh, you'd have to go to the CD store and buy a record based off the way it looks and like, Oh, this looks like it might be cool. And then you get home and it's a complete disappointment. Um, like I'll never forget. I bought a less than Jake CD mm-hmm. from from the store from the record store one time, and I took it home because I didn't know what it was. It just had like this kid holding like a firecracker or something on it. I was like, "Oh, that looks like it might be some hardcore metal stuff or whatever." Yeah, and I was completely I was, yeah nothing like that whatsoever. So a little disappointed in that, but that's just kind of how it was. But every once in a while, you would strike gold you know, like hate breed or something. It's like, Oh, yeah. this, is, this is what I was looking for. Like really aggressive stuff. Uh, one of my best friends growing up, Justin, he introduced me to Pantera at an early age and Slayer Metallica. The classics. Yeah. The classics. Yeah. All the stuff that everyone should hear. Right. If you're into like aggressive music and, um, at, at first, when he showed it to me, I, th- I felt like it was a little too aggressive. Like, it was too much. Like, Slayer, Slayer was too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Pantera was like, I don't know. It was like, it was like almost too extreme for me at first. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, P.O.D. was different, right? In Lincoln Park, they, they would sing and scream a little bit. And the music was still heavy, but there was a lot, a lot of melody and harmony. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. But it was more catchy, I guess. Yes. But it took me a couple of years, but then it got into like, you know, Slayer, Metallica, Pantera, um, the Creator album, Enemy of God in 2005 when that came out. So uh, met a lot of friends going to shows that were into metal. They would tell me about more bands like Zentrix and Cyclone Temple and Testament and mm-hmm. all the classic thrash metal bands. And... uh that's basically it. That was it for me, man. Just always digging. Like I love looking for old bands that put out that one record in 1988 that never got anywhere. Right. They might've pressed 500 records and then they disbanded. Uh, There's, I love finding music like that. And it's just like a, a a buffet of riff. Mm -hmm. Fantastic guitar work and, and the recordings back in like the, late 80s early 90s were just like that crisp clean warm like like the perfect balance between polished and raw yeah i know what you mean yeah you know what i mean like a comb of souls by creator Mm -hmm. is for some reason i don't know i feel like that's like the perfect sounding record you know because i don't like like super overproduced stuff unless you're like in like a i don't know like a radio rock band or something like that that's what you want to hear is like ear candy. But uh, with like metal, I don't want it to be like super pretty. I want it to be a little a little dirty. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I always critic when I, 
I am on a live show and the band sounds too much like the CD. I like when it's a little bit dirt. I mean, that's live that the band still play. I, I know that there's a lot of bands out there nowadays playing uh, with backline and uh, sure, sure. Back, and everything. Backtracking, back sorry. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's okay, but sometimes you miss that feeling of live experience. Yeah, yeah, of course. You want you want the guitar players to to have to switch guitars in the middle of the song because they broke a string or something. Mm -hmm. Like you want to see that they're not that you want to see that they're human as well, especially as like other musicians in the audience that are watching these bands and they just blast through their set as if like they're like they never make a mistake. Like I always get a kick out of watching musicians like big musicians too like slayer and stuff like making mistakes and having to start songs over and stuff like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's cool because yeah you're that's the way it's gonna be right everyone yeah they're, they are human being like you and right. they are your idols they make the music they make you dream or you know like they give you this kick and emotional kick but uh yeah. then on the stage they're like you i remember um being here in europe in switzerland in zurich and being at the Rammstein concert, concert. Oh, wow. and uh, it's a it's a huge show, but they also really good musician. I mean, you can feel that they are live playing. You know, it's not just too too much construct. Oh, that's, and good. that's good. And I remember they started uh, on the main stage, so huge fireworks light show, and then right. in the middle of the concert, they just went from the From the, uh, from the main stage, walking through the audience. And in the middle of the audience, he put like uh, a small uh, ring for the box. But it was like a mix in between like a, a fighting ring and uh, a small stage. And they play like the second part of the set in this small, on this small stage uh, with the people really near. And I really enjoy that because they're really a, a wonderful and famous band. Right. And in that concert, they just played in some contact with the audience. Like to say, thank you for all the support. We are right. here with you, uh, near you. Um, and this was so warm. So uh, they, they gain a lot of respect for that, honestly. Right. And Oh, for sure. And I like that too, because like, they're giving the audience in the, in the far back, you know, that maybe couldn't get up front in time or didn't have enough money mm -hmm. to, to have a great seat or whatever. you know, they're giving those people a chance as well to be closer to them and really be more a part of the show. So yeah, that's, that's, that's always really nice. Um, I've seen, I haven't seen a lot of musicians do that like bigger bands, but uh, I've seen kiss do that. Like they'll have mm -hmm. the platform closer to like the, the front of front of house and they'll come out there and they'll, they'll play a song or two like closer to the rest of the audience in the back. So that's always really nice. Taylor Swift. I think she's done that. I've seen her do that, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not really, but that's cool to see Ramstein like doing stuff like that as well. Like that. I imagine that's a really crazy show. And yeah, I like Ramstein personally, but uh, not like a huge, huge fan. Like I haven't delved into their music as much mm -hmm. as I probably should have, but, uh, I knew a handful of songs like Rosenrot and uh, America and like songs like that. Yeah, the, the live show is worthy because uh, um, I, honestly, I saw them the first time in 2005 and I was really a, 
a teenager working a festival and um, it's a it's a quite famous festival here in Switzerland it's called Paleo Festival and okay. it's uh, it's all kind of music from pop rap um, even something more um, I would say not classical but uh, ethnic music I would say uh, you don't have only rock star there it's good so it's a good oh yeah I think what's the name of the fest again Paleo Paleo, it's kind of a French name because it's in the French part of Switzerland. And like I saw Ravi Shankar with the sitar playing live, you know, like it's other kind of music, but also very important music, very important artist. And and the nice things about the Ramstein concert was that there was a lot of people all around me from different ages enjoying the concert, you know, like because it was an, an experience not just loud music and, and screaming and fire and everything. Right, everything right. was really paying attention and enjoying the moment that this was, uh, yeah, it's very nice because um, I noticed sometimes the audience here in Switzerland, uh, whatever kind of concert are you going, uh, it's kind of lame or yeah, they don't oh, do really? much, not much motion, not much cheering or something like this and and then oh, just uh, like, a, like no emotion from the from the crowd you mean yeah and then i, I thanks to my experience in touring or, or visiting friends like just going to germany you have really uh people interesting to come and listen to a show even if you, they don't know the band just enjoy it ah we just want to listen to some live music tonight oh we are just curious about the band and they come to the show and they participate. Right. And so, yeah, I, I still think that this is so important in, the, in, the, in this, um, I would say, uh, thing in between having some a live show and having audience come see you and not just staying behind a screen. Like you said, you said it's something that I also lived, that the fact that as youngs, we went to the, this, the music store, we have to look through the album cover and think, that if right. it Looking was right now. Yeah. Trying to see what the band looks like on the back. Like, oh, they got long hair and someone's yeah. got a dismember shirt on. This might be nasty. And then it's I, like a and then it's like an indie record. Like the one dude just happens to be like into death metal. Like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing a, a, a motocross movie. And I remember there was always this, this kind of shot of five minutes videos. Uh, once it was skateboarding, once it was uh, motocross, <laughs> once it was surfing. And there was this song and there was the band called Seven Dust. And I bought a oh, CD yeah. full blinded, you know. And it was one of the biggest delusions because in the end it was not the kind of music that I really enjoyed. <laughs> but right. or I remember the first time I listened to uh, uh, Hatebreed. The album was The Perseverance. Oh, and I, yeah. it was quite heavy it was one of the first band that say screamy this sure just first song was so, yeah like so aggressive like that's what you were looking for yeah but someone, someone showed me that music in like the like the fifth grade or something i was like this is insane bro yeah but to me the shock but also the the door was open after that it was the iowa sleep not iowa Oh, sure. I personally, and yeah. I wasn't into metal or I wasn't into older bands, a historical band, let's say. And I was listening to this intro, People the Gold Shit. You know, it was, <laughs> because it was, it was crazy because it was this intro, electronic, I didn't get it. What? Yeah. Electronic. In such a true statement as well, right? Yeah. And then this heavy riff, da, 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 and then, 
whoa, that was something really uh, an experience, <laughs> you know. Right. And so this has changed a lot of things. And um, and then after that, uh, you know, you have the chance to know, okay, I'm interested into this kind of music. So you go and you go back into the history and then you're looking for bands similar, similar bands, stuff like this. And, and you build your knowledge and also what do you like to listen to. So this is the part where you you got into ICP and you became a juggalo, right? You started drinking yeah, every day yeah. and like you bathing <laughs> in the Fago rain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pants. yeah, gigolo man. Uh, Instant Clone Posse also has been kind of, of a delusion in some ways because I, I, I was not in, I never been into that kind of, I can, how can I say, this is hip hop, some kind of rapping stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah. Just like some crazy, it's just crazy hip hop. Shit, yeah man. you know yeah it's not my thing either um uh, and oddly enough like slipknot wasn't my thing for a long time until they put out uh what's the record with psychosocial on it i forget the name of it uh sublime volume three something mm, like no it's one that came out in like 2009 or or so or maybe 2008 it's a it's a record it's like got all of them standing on the front like in like a cornfield yeah, I, re- I remember which one it is. Uh, let me. What a, dude, that record. I'm curious to. Uh, that record is amazing, man. Like I and oddly, the the way I even got into that record is because I was working at the airport and there was this girl that I had a crush on and she worked in a section uh, that sold CDs and I would just go over there and flirt with her every day and to like have an excuse to go over there I would buy mm-hmm. something right you know. Hope is gone. The album is Hope is gone. All hope is gone. Yes, yeah. what a great, what a great album. So, I bought that record, and then I bought uh, "Death Magnetic" by Metallica. Okay, interesting cool. album. That one, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I like that one too. But oddly enough, that's what got me into Slipknot was just buying that album. I was like, "This is this is good. This is good stuff. It's heavy. It's well written. Uh, the production on on those albums are are, are incredible." And then I kind of went backwards from there, but I was shown Slipknot at an early age and wasn't really into it. I don't know. It seemed yeah. too crazy at first, right? Yeah. Let's go back on to Metallica because a lot sure. of people don't like Santanker. I right. love this. I love the song. We are both drummer. I love the snare drum in the song Santanker. You love the snare drum? Yeah. Really? So, so that's like, my whole thing with that album isn't, so much the songwriting it's the because mm-hmm. i love pretty much all metallica except for that album but only because it's so painful to listen to it's just, i love only that song <laughs> oh just the song just the song oh, okay. yeah just the song okay i understand i understand that makes sense but yeah as far as like the the drum sound like i don't i don't know what they were thinking when they put out their record i mean i love metallica for being uh, doing whatever they want. They literally don't care. They just do whatever they want. I think that's fantastic. And I, I love the fact that they've experimented with different sounds over the years and tried to branch out and not just stick with the same old speed, thrash metal, like, yeah, you know, let's, be, let's be, yeah, whatever. That's, that's cool. Like I love load and reload. Like they've got some, there's some great songs on those records. Um, I haven't listened to hardwired as much as I, I think I probably listened to it all the way through one or two times, but I haven't really like given it a, a good chance yet. But uh, mm-hmm. Death Magnetic was fantastic. Hey, Death every- Magnetic was such an incredible surprise. Got so right. many good songs on it, good riff. 
and it was kind yeah, of refreshing after after because that was like that was the first record after saint anger right mm-hmm. so everybody like, thought that metallica was gone done yeah done for you put out saint anger and it got shit on basically by everybody and uh except for maybe you know a cult few people that probably really enjoy that album and the sound and everything um so i thought the same thing i was like man i don't know i I kind of heard rumors that they were going back to their old sound, their earlier sound, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I really like the way Death Death Magnetic sounds and their the riff writing and everything else. But yeah, as far as saying anger, man, I don't know. I can't hate on them. I can't hate on them for like branching out and being experimental and trying other things and seeing if it if it works. If they enjoyed putting that record together and they are proud of it, then I think that's all that really matters. Because Metallica really doesn't have they don't have to prove anything to anyone they are quite literally the thrash metal icons you know yeah i also saw once that that, that documentary they made about i don't remember the title but where you see all the struggle in between the the members of the band um, it was kind of what, honest what was it know? a day in the life a day in the life of metallica or something or, yeah uh, i guess so I guess so, yeah. And I, I kind of, yeah, that one. The kind of Monster was the, the one monster, when they were recording yeah. Saint Anger, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting to see, like, you know, uh, being played out like a drama mm-hmm. between the band members and seeing, like, them being pissed off at each other and not having fun anymore, so to speak. You know, they're just like, but, we got to put this record out. But it was interesting because it was that period where, um, I mean, nowadays we don't have anymore this idea of superstar or rocks let's say in our cases that we are more metal let's talk about rock star we don't have yeah. this this figure anymore you know like yeah. this kind of maybe ends. maybe like rob halford or uh if you consider kiss like a metal band like i i consider kiss a metal band personally. yeah me too they're definitely metal they're like i'd say part of they're part of like the uh the birth of metal like mm-hmm. blue Twister cult and bands like that blue cheer and uh and whatnot but but yeah i mean we we i I feel like there are definitely like those icons out there still that are still doing it that are like you know people look up to but uh, i understand what you're saying though yeah for sure Mm -hmm. so in this documentary seeing this struggling it was like destroying the myth but at the same time rebuilding it you know showing you know look at we are going through that and that phase it's hard uh okay, we got the same problems that you have, uh, but yeah, we want to keep doing music, you know, like, and, and uh, to try to keep Metallica uh, bounded and, and united and, and try to produce once again. And I think that they reach their goals with that magnetic, honestly, because right. they, bring yeah. that, they bring that new sound, let's say, but also this kind of, the new sound that reminds the old riffs and the, the energy that Metallica always got. Uh, Honestly, right. I'm, I'm kind of sad because I, I never seen Metallica live. Oh man, and really? No, it, uh, they came to Switzerland a couple of times, but always yeah. uh, sold out so fast or oh, stuff really? like that. So kind of hard. But I really hope to have the chance before they they will. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're close. You're, close you're in Basel, right? You're yeah. quite. You're close yeah. to Zurich. Yeah, it's like less than one hour. You know, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Metallica is incredible live, man. I've uh, I got to work one of their shows, and I got to see. I can't remember now. I want to say, yeah, I worked one of their shows in Ohio, 
So that was really, that was cool. Um, and I think I've seen him one other time, but I can't, I'm having a brain fart now, but they put on an incredible show, needless to say, with the lasers and everything else. Like they sound, they sound badass. Um, I don't know. It's just like one of those experiences where like it's unforgettable. Like this is Metallica. This is like the reason, one of the biggest reasons that I play drums in a band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh-huh. I know there's a lot of people that, don't like Lars for whatever reason. Cause I don't know if it's his attitude or like what, I don't know. People, people are lame, but I think that people say Lars isn't a good drummer. Yeah. People I want dis- drama. Yeah. I disagree. I think Lars Ulrich is an incredible drummer and he has his own style and is, is kind of the, the pioneer of his own style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he might not be the best drummer on the planet. I mean, who is? Who's the best drummer? I have no idea. Uh, Neil Peart, but he's dead now, so rest in peace. Probably one of my favorite drummers of all time. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got a lot of great drummers out there, but it's kind of hard to boil down like who's the best drummer. But yeah, uh, Lars Ulrich is nowhere close to being the best drummer. But he's got he is his own uh, force. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love I love that about him, but uh, yeah, man, Metallica can't say enough good things about him. Hopefully, yeah. one day my band Rhythm of Fear gets to open for him, or maybe one day they get to open for us when you know we uh, are bigger than them. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but it would be so lucky. They can sell. We'll have them pre-sale some tickets, maybe like fifth. You know, do like fifty pre-sales. Don't touch the cheese cubes and the Gatorade and the in the green room. And maybe you can open for us one day, Metallica. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a definitely a nice idea and a great dream. But how is this music scene in Florida? I mean, or in, let's talk about in general in the States. Because let's be okay. clear, here in Europe, we live with this, with the so-called the American dream. Like California, it's great. You have to be to LA once in your life. Oh, New Not York, so cool. And everything. New York is badass. Or we grow up with this scene, West Coast, East Coast, uh, even for hardcore, the New York hardcore oh, and yeah. everything. Of course, it is important, but we live this like in second hands or like from I've heard of, you know. Right, right. Uh, only a few have the chance to, to, to be there or uh, working with those artists and knowing better what it is. You know, it's kind of everything's still like a, a myth, you know. And this is what sure. is cool of it. But... Um, i think it's cool for the audience also to be to understand um how somebody from there from the states live the american music scene you know well i'm going to try to be as positive as possible okay but uh being in a band myself and touring in the states several times over the past whatever 10 years or so and then being in europe a handful of times and touring the difference for me is the passion and the the love and respect for smaller bands in Europe, right? Mm. Not so much in America. America, uh, we're spoiled. We get all your favorite bands are touring nonstop in America. You, you can see Ghost in New York City uh, 10 times a year. Mm-hmm. You see Metallica uh, probably once a year 
in your state, in your home state. I mean, maybe not Metallica. They don't tour very often, but that's maybe that was a bad example. Uh, obituary or hate breed. They're coming through your city or your state mm-hmm. within a, a two hour uh, period or within a two hour radius from where you live several times a year. So everyone here is spoiled and they don't really, uh, I feel like the respect for live music in America isn't as prominent like it is in Europe. Um, just like playing in, I mean, it's, it's different everywhere in America. Uh, touring here is, is fun, but it's definitely hard work. Uh, but I feel like if you can make it here in America, you can make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make your band successful playing in Kansas or playing in uh, Iowa or playing in an A market like Chicago or New York City or you know Philadelphia or LA or some, somewhere like that Denver and not being eaten alive you know by all the other tours that are happening because that's what's going on like there's so much uh, oversaturation of touring bands mm-hmm. in America where you can your band will be on tour in California right and you're like it's your first time there and I, I can't believe it we made it here we're doing San Francisco we're doing Los Angeles we're doing San Diego we're doing Sacramento mm-hmm. and, uh, oh sorry Morbid Angels touring and they're also playing the same cities as you on the same night yes. so now you have to compete with Morbid Angel or now you have to compete with um, uh, whoever else, like any band. Uh, like I'll never, for instance, I'll give you an actual example. So Rhythm of Fear, I don't remember what year this was, maybe 2017, maybe 2018. Uh, we got the chance to open up for Armored Saint and Queensryche, which are, you know, Queensryche is one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that was like dream come true, right? Well, it just so happens on the same night, literally right around the corner uh, from where we were playing, not even three or four blocks from where we were playing. Yeah. Dream Theater was playing. Oh. Yeah. Dream Theater is the same crowd. It's the exact same demographic. It's the same crowd, man. So now you're asking, and where I live in Jacksonville, Florida, is not, it's not an A market at all. Like, uh, you know, we get big shows and whatnot, and we get smaller bands and everything in between, but uh, we're not an A market, so we don't have uh, five million people. Yeah, and you know we probably I think we're like a little over a million now, so it's still a big city, but it's like the biggest city land wise in the United States, which I think is kind of funny, but it's just like a huge land mass. But either way, I digress. Uh, so we had Dream Theater literally playing around the corner, so. Of course, our show was going to was going to hurt from that. So, a mm-hmm. show that Queensrÿche and Armored Saint, uh, and us being a, a pretty prominent local band from here, should have made the draw. Like, I don't know. I think there should have been like seven or eight hundred people. Yes, and I think it turned out to be like maybe four hundred people, mm-hmm. three hundred people, because uh, you had like a sold out. Uh, dream theater show right around the corner. So that's always kind of annoying. Oh, and also I want to say Hellstar and Flotsam and Jetsam were touring as well. Mm-hmm. And they just took the day off completely because of that. They didn't even bother having a show 
and then they, I think Hellstar came to the Queensryche show and hung out. So that was, that was cool. It was good to see those guys. But, uh, um, so yeah, it's like that. There's a, it's a oversaturation of touring going on in the States. You guys get a lot of cool tours in Europe too, like tours I wish I could see, uh, that don't happen in the States, but it's because I'm into those niche bands like Mordred and Zentrix and stuff like bands that won't come to the States and do like a full U S tour. They might just come to the States and do like a special festival mm-hmm. appearance. Right. You know, like um pungent stench or something. Um, they're not going to tour the States. They'll just show up, play Maryland death fest and then fly home. And for me, Maryland is 15 hours away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, yeah, you know, he, here in Europe we have like uh, summer festivals. Like the, this, the period where everybody is going. Normally, they used to go on holiday. Like you go one week in Germany for that event, then you go uh, maybe in Eastern Europe to that one, then back to Switzerland, and you have the almost the same event. Right. And uh, so you see those band maybe two times a year. Then you have sometimes spring, sometimes some bands, and in uh, autumn you got a, a lot of nice. Uh, oh yeah, when the summer, when the when the weather starts getting really nice outside. Yeah. Yes. And in the last year, this kind of uh, um, touring changed us a little bit. I can speak for German, uh, for sorry, for Switzerland. Uh, we had like. Um, three or four uh, places that were known for offering metal concert with band touring. And yeah. one year, maybe is one place the most uh, in auge for that. And the year later, there is another location and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. This COVID situation just broke all the routine. Right. Um, the booking agency um, brings always really good names every year. Um, who do you guys yeah. have? Who do you have in uh, in Zurich and and Geneva? Or it's it's not called Geneva, right? How do you pronounce it? Like Genf or uh, Genf is in German, but you say Geneva, Geneva. Oh, Geneva. Yeah, Geneva. Yeah, Put me out when I was in Geneva, and I saw on like a map or something that said like G E N F. I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is the, the German because of course Switzerland having three languages, four. Right, right. Honestly, German, uh, they, German they, Italian, French, and there is this. It's called retro romance, and it's a mix of German and, and Italian. And oh, wow. um, that's cool. It's a special language. So many people talk, even young people still talking it, but it's not. It's more tradition than official, let's say. Right, and right. Hey, um, hey, quit, let me quiz you real quick. I'm just curious. Yes. You being from Switzerland, what is the most Italian speaking city in Switzerland? Go. I guess Lugano. Ooh, my man. Yes, you got it. Yeah, I come from the region. I mean, I'm. It's funny oh, because the, area. Yeah, I come from the, 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 the part, one of the part, I guess, there's two parts in Switzerland when you speak Italian, and the main part is called Ticino. It's really this, this triangle going through Italian. Okay. And, uh, and there also we have like, there is like a hill dividing the north and the south region, and I come from the north. And okay. oh, saying this, I would say from the north to the south, you got like uh, 30 minutes 
drive. So it's a small area, but it's right, funny right, because right. you grow up and you still have this. Uh, uh, I would say um, you. I always say that the North part is the best. You know, like you are proud right, to yeah. be from there. And like, <laughs> but yeah, Lug- Lugano is the is the um, is the well known even because it's almost near to Milan, Milano, right. and um, so you got already a little bit of influence from the disclaimer from the biggest city in the North Italy. But right. at the same time, you got, you know, people in Ticino, in this region of Switzerland, we are the redneck of Switzerland. Really? Yeah. For real? Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? In, uh, I, to me, for you? it's kind of ironic, but we have such a kind of close mentality. Um, like mm. the classic example is that we are at the border with Italy. We speak Italian. At school, we learn the same thing. Uh, the difference is just that um, you pay in Euro, you pay in Swiss francs. And um, even the dialect is the same, you know. One people come from Ticino speaking dialect will understand somebody from Milan speaking dialect because they, this is the region, is the Padania, right. is the north of Italy. But in this specific corner, we are in Switzerland. And people like just like have some sort of prejudice almost racism uh, with people coming from italy working in switzerland really and stuff like Even this other of italian descent like uh, yeah. being like 70 percent of uh lugano is italian of italian descent but yeah. they have a problem with other italians coming to work yeah yeah in my adoptive family uh originally from the from my mother's side they come from como and uh, i mean okay. north of italy you know and and for example, and those people in Ticino also have prejudice on people from Swiss German, you know, like, because they all think, oh, Swiss German are better, got more money like this and stuff like this. And, and honestly, you know, I just what, got tired of people thinking like this because, yeah, it's, it's a small society. It's a small reality. So honestly, it could be easy, you know, to melt and make a fusion or make, you know, make business with north of Italy and the other part of the country. But no, there's always some political question about that and that oh, or yeah. ethical question. Everyone's in each other's business because it's such a tight-knit uh, yeah. society that everyone knows everybody. Yeah. And wants to be up in your ass the whole time. Like, hey, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So when I, I start uh, the university here in the north of the country, that means like three and a half hour train from where I grow up. You know, it's not big distances. <laughs> and right. uh, you, you still have this so-called Swiss mentality, but it's a little bit more uh, open, I will say. This is my, my feeling, my approach. You know, like, right. like um, even it's a, it's a sad topic, you know, but as an right. Indian guy growing up in Switzerland, uh, I also uh, lived some experience with racism. Uh, I, oh, I don't sure. want to hide that. Uh, but, and this happened more in the South than in the North, you know. <laughs> so so um, this is one of the reasons why I'm feeling home here where I'm right now. Uh, of course, there is a huge difference of nature and clima, you know, uh, the weather in the south in summer, spring and summer, it's really warm. You right. can't deny it. I grew up on a lakeside, uh, you know, like uh, maybe in the morning I went doing some mountain bike downhill on the 
mountain nearby and then and then in the afternoon i was uh, swimming in the lake with my friends you know it, it was really a good kind of life but then growing up you discover you discover also uh, the mentality of the people is kind of boring um yeah. like i went to the university with some guy also from ticino and most of them they just wanted to go back you know they had no interest to in making friends in the swiss german part uh you know and always stay with their own kind and mm. i don't know it was very close-minded reclusive type of mentality in some ways in some ways because mm. then you, you always have exception and people that won't get against the grain but in my experience i had to deal with more people like oh so you're studying musicology so what are you gonna be and the oh, they, other, don't get, they don't get it right no because they all study medicine they will study um how we say uh, laws and they can study biology chemistry you know like it yeah. seems like oh this is uh, is the door to the success and having a stable right. job but uh, you know like that's what i hear is it's kind of like that for for switzerland it's it's a beautiful country honestly one of my favorite probably my favorite country i've ever visited so far Mm -hmm. uh just from like the, the the swiss alps and everything it's so beautiful there it's like something out of a fairy tale but uh from what i understand yeah a lot of people it's kind of like a boring life at the same time you just work and everyone's quiet and yeah and keep to yourself and whatnot and yeah it's very it's strange but but i don't know it sounds nice at the same time like it sounds very peaceful But it is, it is, you know, like we have, like, as I said, in, um, like for, I take a practical example, uh, in the Swiss German part, we have a lot of concerts, all the, all the main metal concerts up in there. Uh, even I work in classical music and you have really incredible concert hall that are yeah. recognized all over the world, uh, very good orchestras. Uh, but this happened all in the Swiss German part. You know, like, uh, because the South is not just small, but they don't offer the opportunity. I mean, um, I guess if if I took the chance to, the choice to live there where my parents are still living, I don't think I will have the chance to to live all the experience I had in the last right. seven years, you know. Uh, but as I said, it's a small country, you're always home. If I decided to go home, you know, it's three hours and, I, and I'm totally in another part of, of the land. And For sure. Can... That's another beautiful thing about Switzerland being such a, a, a good location. You know, just mm -hmm. it's a short drive to Austria, short drive to Germany, a short drive to France, a short drive to Italy. Like, I don't know, it seems like a, a, great, a great place to be, um, especially if you're into music. Yeah. Um, and, you work, and you make good money there, right? And it's short travel. You can travel into Germany and, and buy stuff for cheap and bring it back, you know? Yeah, this is some, I do this because I'm living 20 <laughs> minutes or less from France and from Germany, you know? This is daily routine. Of course, some, some stuff you buy here, but others, it's just... It's just right, but a pair of pants is a, a, a hundred francs or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the funny facts that I, I love Dickies. And here yeah. in Europe, even Carhartt, here in Europe, Dickies and Carhartt are two brands that are um, like fashion brands here in Europe. 
Well, it's kind of, I wouldn't say Dickies then, so much like that in America, but definitely Carhartt for sure. I see people wearing stuff like that. I'm not big. I love fashion personally, but I'm not big on fashion like myself, like as far yeah. as I don't dress like I'm into fashion, but I appreciate the hell out of it. But Carhartt's definitely popular here. Uh, not so much Dickies though. Dickies is like, was popular. Like if you grew up in like the early 2000s and you listen to like Blink-182 or something. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. I love it. I love, I love this kind of Cholo style and stuff like this, but here is not popular because it's not trendy and the price for the pants, like I got some friends in the States told me, you know, here you can buy Dickies for 20, 30 euros. Uh, oh, yeah. No, sorry, dollar. Sorry. And here well, it's, it's close enough. It's same, same, right? Yeah. But, and here in Switzerland, you pay those pants 80 euro uh, dollar you know like there's this huge it's really something like if you want it you need to get and get it you know <laughs> like uh, and also difficult to find this kind of product because it seems not to belong into that to the normal way to fashion but yeah this is a small difference we, we have maybe europe and 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 states you know but as i said we live with this kind of american dream and uh The American dream is not what it seems. Let me just say that. Like, don't get me wrong. I love America. Uh, and it's definitely extremely convenient living in America. Like, that's one thing I can say. Like, I love Europe. It's so different over there. Uh, there's so many different cultures blending together. And and uh, the landscape changes you know, with every country and every, you know, every hour traveling and whatnot so 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 incredible over there and everything is so old right everything is so ancient over there you'll see castles in italy just like behind a gas station somewhere yeah like there is a history yeah. there it's yeah. crazy so much history and everything in europe but you could drive in europe for eight hours and not see a gas station or not see somewhere to eat or whatever in america there's a hundred gas stations uh in a 10 mile radius Mm -hmm. there's a hundred restaurants like it's the it's the land of plenty so to speak and it's it's kind of disgusting at the same time because of how much waste goes uh how much goes to waste in america as far as like food and everything i think uh, i this is getting a little off topic but i think i researched like how many chickens are killed mm -hmm. in america every day and something like an astronomical amount. I don't even know, like a 156 million chickens or something are killed every day. And it's just, it's crazy, man. But it is much, it is super convenient in America for sure. Like, uh, having to, you know, be on the road and find food and got to use the bathroom or whatever. Uh, it's a little more sparse in Europe, but I don't care, man. Like it seems, I don't know. It just seems like way, more interesting in europe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just all around there's just so much more uh to look at and things to do and history and everything else and yeah man i forgot what we were talking about though well but I think, me being extremely handsome i think but <laughs> yeah why not why not we're gonna post also a, a picture of you so everybody's gonna take a take a, you know like uh They will decide. They will. They will decide if you are the next bachelor or not. Oh, for sure, man. I'll slit anyone's throat if they disagree. Yeah, coming I'm coming after you. Coming after us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. But about this idea of America, do you think that also 
have a, uh, still have an influence of the cultural life down there. I mean, uh, the way. What do you think? I mean, the way uh, our music or arts in general is uh, represented or is, is, is showed. Like, um, once again, here in Europe, we have this idea, you know, take, let's talk about Hollywood, for example. Sure. Big movie, stars and everything. And this is something. And, but what about, um, what about um, yeah, what we're talking before, the tour life, the how bands can be become famous you know uh, do you think that uh, america still, is... still have this this uh, oppor giving this opportunity or or even it, something changed in the last years i mean it definitely does seem like for bands if if what i'm understanding what you're asking is is this but uh it does it definitely does seem for bands like uh success is easier based off of where you're based out of. Like if you're a band based out of Los Angeles, you got a bigger shot than a band that's based out of Louisville, Kentucky, or, you know, Texas or something, somewhere like that, you know? Of course, yeah. Which is really sad, but uh, you got to work a little harder, you know, like where we, Rhythm of Fear, we're from Jacksonville, Florida. I think we're famous for like two or three bands, like Leonard Skinnerd. I think... Uh, Molly Hatchet, maybe from here. I can't remember. I want to say Molly Hatchet. Uh, but yeah, we got Leonard Skinner, we got Limp Biscuit, and it's like two polar opposites of each other, which is funny, but mm -hmm. uh, not, a, not a great amount of success comes from Jacksonville, Florida, unlike New York City or Miami or it, even other parts of Florida, like death metal is like a huge part of of florida right like mm -hmm, the birth mm -hmm. of death metal is from like two different areas in the world yeah sweden and florida so uh you know you got death it's from orlando mm -hmm. you got obituary malevolent creation like uh so many so many great bands that are from florida morbid angel uh so like just based off of where you are can can help your success i think you know like you got mm -hmm. bands out would come to florida just to record at morris sound studios because that's where all the hottest death metal records are being recorded in the late 80s early 90s mm -hmm. uh, because that you know seemed to be like you'd have more of a chance you know cannibal corpse moved to florida from new york uh i believe i forget the other bands i think malevolent creation did the same thing if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. uh, because yeah you have more of a chance uh, in the death metal scene in florida at that time frame not so much anymore it doesn't matter so much anymore there's a lot of great death metal bands popping up all over the place but with the age of the internet you can promote yourself a lot easier and uh, build hype and everything else so it almost it almost seems like it doesn't matter too too much as to where you're from anymore uh with the age of the internet you can always promote yourself to a point to where it doesn't You can, you know, you can kick ass regardless. Uh, mm -hmm. And to put my own foot in my mouth, I said something about Louisville, Kentucky. Like some of my good friends, Knocked Loose, are from Louisville, Kentucky, and they're taking over the world currently. So yeah, yeah, I saw. But, okay, planned a couple of tours in Europe too. Um, oh yeah, I think they're about to tour with Gojira and Whoa. Alien Weaponry or something. So that's like 
insane. Uh, and they're a hardcore band from the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not a popular place to be at all. I mean, Louisville's a, a beautiful city and Kentucky's a beautiful country or a beautiful state, so to speak. It's very country out there, but uh, so it just kind of goes to show you as well that maybe everything I just said doesn't actually matter. <laughs> No, but it is interesting for no reason. But yeah, no, I think it's interesting because, like in Europe, German bands had a, a strong impact on the metal scene. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, when somebody asks from where comes that band, they say Germany. Okay, I say oh, so it was like cool, like or like yeah. So many great bands came out of Germany. One, yeah. one that I can think of is uh, Halloween, mm-hmm. Creator, Sodom. Uh, so many, so many. I think Destruction, right? Is Destruction from Germany? Yeah, and then then you got like and more in the the metalcore scene. You got Heaven Shall Born. You got Caliban, Maroon. Oh, right. I mean. Really, uh, well, the a first lot of uh, I ever went to was Caliban. I want to say it was in like 2003 or four. It was Caliban, a great, mm-hmm. great band live. Yeah, yeah, I had the chance to be with them here in Germany for a concert and backstage and hang out with them. They're really, really honest person, you know. Like, and uh, even uh, you cool. know, that's nice. When uh, I still say this in many episodes, I did now and saying that. It's so cool when you have the chance to to hang out with those guys, you know, because because it destroyed this boundary of who are those people playing on the stage, you right? Know, yeah, human contact and and um, you can only learn more, you know, about why they're playing like this and why they're doing that and that and and I think this is this is interesting because because if not, you just yeah you still have this this um this kind of distance and right it's nice to get to know like the people in bands that you look up to or or anyone in the in the industry whether it be music or movies or or even like in stagehand work or whatever like oh i met the guy who's uh you know he's toured with ariana grande and he, like he's this famous dude but then you get to know him and he's just like a normal person mm-hmm. i mean sure he could he could be a dick or maybe he's nice but then you kind of get to have like, you know, you get to bullshit with them and, and learn more about that person. I think that's always, that's always really nice. And then you just come to find out like they're just human, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're just human and they just happen to be well known for this one thing and this one part of their life that doesn't really make them who they are, so to speak, but people know them for that, you know? Yeah. I also tried to do this in this new era of social network. Like if I found a page that I think is interesting or somebody and I like it happened with you like I guess I I, I answered you to a history or something like this and we start just writing and and yeah, then yeah. here we are recording a podcast you know like uh, but it, this is because in my personality is like this I'm kind of curious but it seems that sometimes it's kind of not the same you know like or there is this social media in some ways keep you uh, more in contact but at the same time still the distance or like this this uh, uh i mean and with distance i'm not meaning about uh, miles and miles <laughs> right, right. word, but the fact that okay you you are on my screen of my phone computer or on my phone yeah we're being separated by yeah. a device and not some yeah i understand yeah it's weird man like 
a lot of relationships start out that way, just like meeting people through the internet. And then maybe one day you meet that person, maybe not. It's very, it's strange, but it almost is, it's easier for a lot of people who are, I guess, socially awkward, who kind of can't open up to other people. I'm not socially awkward, so to speak, but I know a lot of people who are that feel way more comfortable mm-hmm. getting to know people through the internet first. And then when they meet them in person, it's like, oh, you know, the ice has, has been broken for years now. We've been talking to each other back and forth for so long. I know so much about you already. Like, this is cool. And it doesn't have to be awkward. But because it can be like that for a while if you're just meeting someone for the first time and you don't really know anything about this person. You don't know their history or what they're into or anything like that. And it could be a really awkward five minutes if one of you is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what it, it came in my mind that the fact that uh, there is the movie Ace Ventura. And I think it's also uh, played like there in the Florida or something like this. And, and there oh, are, Flor- I think it was. Yeah, I think it was filmed in, in Miami. Yeah, and there is, he went to that concert and there are Calibre, uh, no, uh, Cannibal Corpse playing, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> what a great scene, man. Yeah. Great, and that's, you know why he uh, brought Cannibal Corpse on? No. Because he's actually a death metal fan. Like, him being from, so Jim Carrey's from it's Canada. It's Canadian, yeah. Right, and he grew up listening to all those bands like Gore Guts and Napalm Death and, and uh, Cannibal Corpse and stuff. And so he brought on Cannibal Corpse because he's a genuine fan of death metal. So I think that is so cool. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I feel like that might be the reason why Cannibal Corpse is the biggest death metal band on the planet. It's because of their, all the love and uh, recognition they got from that scene in that movie. Because it's, it's a, you're talking about as a blockbuster movie at this point, And like, everyone knows it. Yeah. And, Right. So everyone knows Cannibal Corpse now. Like, who's that crazy death metal band that was on Ace Ventura? Right, Venture? yeah. So. There was a there was fun combination of all whole metal get into some let's say nowadays uh, um, episode or movies like this because yeah, so that's that's the nice thing about music that not um, just brings people different people in contact or bring together. Uh, but also, um, yeah, you, if you if play right, you can put some strange things, combine situation, and that's, that's funny. And as I said, uh, um, I got a lot of friends in Italy, like having been huge fans of classic movies, you know, from the 90s, but all come from America, you know, so uh, there is, is this it? idea. What is the industry like in in like is where is there where do you go like it say if you wanted to pursue an, an acting career mm-hmm. in switzerland or you know maybe close by germany or something uh where would you go like where is the spot is there a hollywood so to speak in europe well honestly talking to switzerland um i think in Zurich there is a lot of uh production houses companies uh they and then to make in contact with a lot of European movies. There is a lot of very good European movie. And um, an example is a girl from Ticino, from where I come from, from a small village. His uh, name her. Oh, wait, now I forgot the name. I have to, <laughs> to Google it, sorry. Uh, 
she made a a German movie, a German <laughs> movie, and her name comes out. Oh, uh, oh, she she is a new star. Like I mean, that movie was kind of strange. It's about uh, the sexual sexual life of a of a girl in Berlin, I guess, and. Um, Strange movies are the best, man. Those are my favorite. Yeah, it was it was, it was like really strange and weird. By the time it's over, and you're like, oh man. Yeah, that, that that movie was really really strange. But then it happens that she plays she played a role in the new Blade Runner. Oh, uh, she's oh. the she's the do, uh, the doctor of uh, Arizona Ford in the movie. Wait, oh no. man, that's that's uh now I can't now I know who you're talking about now, but I can't think of who it is. That that new Blade Runner is incredible. I was just explaining that to a friend of mine uh literally yesterday about how incredible the new Blade Runner was. And I love the old Blade the old Blade Runner for what it is, you know, the yeah. lyric out it was I'm sure jaw dropping for a lot of people, but it is painfully slow. And it can be Yes, more. you need and to I'm, like science fiction for you have to really be into it, right? And you got yeah, and you have to be accepting of the time frame that it came out. Okay, the special effects aren't gonna be top notch for nineteen eighty-three or eighty-five or whenever it came out. Uh, so you gotta kind of accept it for what it is, but as as a movie in general, like is just a, an iconic like movie. But I love I love the, the not the reboot but the the sequel. Yeah. Well I found the name uh Carla Yuri. And she come oh, from the, she come from Ticino. I mean, from this small region, and she made the career like this. So to answer your question, you have the chance. Uh, you you have to to go. I mean, think Zurich got a very nice connection. There is a film festival in Locarno, a worldwide no, and also a film festival in Zurich. Um, so you know, you you have the contacts, you have the boundaries, you have opportunities. Right, and, okay. um, and I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to make sure because when I move to Zurich, uh, one day, which I probably will, uh, I just need to. I need to know, man, because I'm trying to figure out like, how do I become the next Al Pacino in Zurich? Yeah, Zurich, you know, yeah. I mean? like, what, what do I got to do, bro? But man, man, I need to ask you. You said you're you're an Italian uh, heritage, but yes. can can you speak Italian? Parlo uh, poco Italiano. Ah, ottimo. That. It's my mother tongue. Just a little bit. I, I speak Italian every day with my family, and it's like this is so. And uh, and then I learned German here at school and everything. But uh, no, I'm just a dumb American man. I can't speak any. I can point at things and maybe say what they are in Italian. Or, you know, I can sp- say a couple words like buongiorno and well, let's buon go to- and buon pomeriggio, like you know whatever. Yeah, let's go on stereotypes. You can play the the ma- the mafia, the mafia boss. In a yeah, movie. I can be a scumbag mafia guy or something like whatever. That's fine. I, I was watching The Godfather Part Two yesterday, and I love the scene when Robert De Niro is is eating with the other two friends spaghetti, and he said to the friends that they don't have to to think about the that guy in the in the hood who is speaking money because he's gonna think he gonna he gonna solve this everything and everything. and <laughs> it's funny because when you then I, I like the the kind of accent they have like okay they are in America so they're speaking like e- e- Italian from Sicily mix oh, it right. with these words or this accent from America because <laughs> right. and 
So it's really realistic, I would say. Uh, but then, then when you see some parts, you see that they still have this strong um, English accent. I mean, American oh, right. English sure. accent. So you, there, this is where it comes a little bit inside a filler. But yeah, <laughs> right, right. But that's that's nice. That's nice. So that this is also another point: the fact that America. Um, I mean, a lot of people, even from the part from where I come from, um, at the beginning from 20th century, they travel abroad to America to find a new life, to 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 find right. new jobs and everything. And then the fun part is that near where I grew up, Ascona, there is a, a valley, and it's called um, Valle Maggia. It's a rural place um, that goes through the mountains. It's a very nice and um, peaceful place. And I got this friend of mine is from LA. Uh, he got married with a, with a woman from the region. And so they went lived there in Valentis, Valle Maggia. And uh, it was surprised because it was more, you know, really small communities, small villages. You, you know, after two months, you know, everybody who's live where. And right. he, he was surprised because uh, he met a lot of other American people, you know, like uh, because uh, the grandfather or the grand grand uh, migrate to America and uh, and then from Switzerland to America or from north of Italy to America. And then um, generation later, they came back to the roots, you know, and that, that was right. interesting because he always thought, oh, I will be the only one the year, but in the same small village, what, like three other people come from the state. <laughs> so, right, right. So this That's is so interesting. Cool though, man. I, still I still haven't visited my, uh, my home country, so to speak, mm -hmm. in Messina, Sicily. That's where my family comes from. And I still got family over there that I haven't met yet. It's really sad. But one day, hopefully... I can go out there. It's just not super convenient as far as like being a musician and trying to get to Sicily because I don't think there's a whole lot of a music. Is it? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but there's not much of a music scene. No, no, I, I can. I have a couple of friends in Italy, and they were saying, you know, if you stay like central Italy and north of Italy, uh, Milano still one of the mecca. Let's say a lot of big concert there. There's a oh, lot yeah. going on about arts. So yeah. yeah. Even even there, there's a lot of rappers from Italy that uh, just go from the small villages around Italy. They go to Milan because this is where you can live the dream. This is where you can find a good produ production, uh, recording studios and everything. So right. this is where the magic happened there. But right, right. Um, Milano is incredible, man. I uh, played some, some good shows there for sure. And Bologna as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm uh Lonio is cool but yeah Sicily yeah I guess I'm just gonna have to fly down there uh, on my own one day and and hopefully you know check that out try to meet the meet the familia yeah that's gonna be nice and then of course as we were discussing before we start the record of the podcast um you went to Zurich like one and a half years ago uh, touring with one of the band and uh, I was working I was in Zurich and I was uh, at work watching my history on Instagram and said oh my god this guy is he's there and uh, I, I remember you write me hey come hanging out at the Werk 21 that was a place on the riverside where you play and and yeah. um, but I couldn't and I was so 
pissed off because you know have the chance that somebody come from the stage touring and we are in the same place but you're not able hey, to meet each hey, other work, man work's important bro work's important yeah, so yeah. when i'm living on your couch man we'll hang out every day it's no problem that's great man <laughs> Mika, mi casa is to casa <laughs> yes, that's bro. it Look, no, but, uh, yeah, that show was good, man. Uh, I can't. What was, what was the name of the venue again? Uh, I mean, in German, it's Werk 21 or Dynamo. I don't know in which hall did you play because the, no, at the same yeah, place yeah. you got the, you got a small one. It's like stone made. You go down, let's say, and the other one is just a big concert hall upstairs. Uh, this one was like it almost looked like you were in like a cave or something. Like it had like the arch, the arched room. Yeah, that's the Werk 21, Work 21. Yes, yeah. yes, Work 21. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, the place was sick, man. It was mm -hmm. so cool. Uh, the promoter was awesome. The, the hospitality was awesome. The sound there was incredible. That was probably one of the better sounding rooms we played mm -hmm. on that tour. Uh, yeah, that was with Leeway from New York City. Not, not my band, but uh, a band that I've been involved with since 2015 no 2016 mm -hmm. maybe, something like that but uh no longer playing for leeway i quit in 2019 july i believe 2019 okay focus more on rhythm of fear stuff and yeah. uh and also at the time my uh my wife at the time her mother uh was diagnosed with Uh, brain and lung cancer at oh. the same time and she was kind of uh going her health was deteriorating pretty pretty quickly so i decided to to try to uh calm down with the touring stay home with her uh, and help out if if i if needed or whatever because i knew things were going to get you know real tight and mm -hmm. and emotionally draining for a lot of people so i wanted to be there for my wife and uh touring with leeway and marauder and rhythm of fear and all these other things i was doing it just had to be you know put on halt for the time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but then i decided you know when everything got back to normal she's still doing good by the way anyone who's listening at, the, at this current point uh mm -hmm. she was diagnosed in 2018 i believe yeah uh, and she's still kicking ass she's doing good oh. she's doing better now than she was a month ago which is crazy but stage four brain and lung cancer Uh, and she's still, she's still doing good. Um, that's good to hear. Some positivity out there is always good, you know? Yeah, she's doing good. She's still got her wits about her, still, you know, has her sense of humor and mm -hmm. her strength, and she's, you know, eating good and sleeping good and stuff. So, so hopefully she beats it, but, you know, we all know it's a, a low chance. Uh, I think she has like a 5% chance of living mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more than five years or something, but she's doing good. Uh, but yeah, now that things are back to normal, I'm still decide. you know, I've decided to just kind of focus on rhythm of fear, mm -hmm. whatnot, but man, I had a great time, uh, on that tour, on that leeway tour is a really good time. Yeah. Um, but, a lot of great cities. Have you also played with Marauder? Yes. Yeah. Marauder, uh, another like older New York hardcore band from Brooklyn, mm -hmm. uh, What's what's crazy about that is like that's a band I grew up listening to. Oh, same with Leeway as well. But that was a band like I started my first like hardcore band in 2006 because of Marauder. I heard okay. from the 
I heard of, I heard Marauder was being booked in my hometown. Um, and I started a band with some high school friends and we wrote three songs just so we can open for Marauder. I didn't even care if we were going to be a band after that. I was like, yo, my favorite hardcore band is coming through. We got to play, we got to open for Marauder and then we can just do whatever later. But we took like three months off to write more songs and become like a little more organized and legit. And then we started uh, doing, doing more shows after that. But uh, yeah. And then fast forward to 2016 Marauder was breaking up doing their final tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jay Santiago, our singer of Rhythm of Fear, he's friends with Jorge. He was friends with Jorge previously. Uh, they met years ago uh, when we opened for Marauder in 2000. I don't know, 11 or 12, maybe. Um, when they were touring with uh, Warhound, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which, rest in peace, Warhound. I don't think they're a band anymore, but. Yeah, so they met a while ago, and then uh, so Jorge contacted Jay and and said, "Hey, you know, Marauders breaking up. We want to do our final tour. We want Rhythm of Fear to come along." Mm-hmm. We're like, "Oh yeah, fantastic! Like that'd be killer. You know, dream come true." And then about two weeks before the tour is going to start, Jorge calls Jay and says, "Hey, I'm going to have to cancel the tour. Like, I don't have any band members. I only have a bass player. Like, everyone, I can't get a hold of anyone, or I don't know what the problem was. Like." Maybe no one could do it, and he assumed yeah, people could yeah. do it. And so we got asked, like Rhythm of Fear, our part of Rhythm of Fear got asked to learn the songs last minute and do the tour, and that's basically what happened. And then ever since then, like uh, from from that point on, we were just like I was doing like every Marauder show and every Marauder tour, like in Europe and Colombia, South America, and whatever. And that was that was a good time, man. That's like one of those weird like is the simulation operating correctly because I'm playing in Marauder. Like this is, yeah, doesn't make any sense. I started playing in a hardcore band because of Marauder. There's a different band back in the day uh, called Nasty Crew, but uh, that broke up in 2009, but started a band because of Marauder and ended up joining Marauder. And that's just weird to me, like 10 years later. Yeah. Not playing for them anymore either. Uh, couldn't, Jorge couldn't afford me. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No, he, <laughs> he couldn't afford my expertise, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm expensive, man. I need like a thousand dollars per show. And, you know, they're only making about 150 per show. So no, <laughs> you know, something similar happened to me. Uh, I grew up listening to a lot of Californian punk rock and one of my favorite band, it's no use for a name. And, oh. um, it happened that uh, with my whole punk rock band from Ticino, I had the chance to open one of the concert of No Use for a Name. And, you know, it was like a dream come true because you are sharing the stage right. with a band that you always love, that you, you your, that song just introduced you in another dimension of music and be- other right. bands. And, and then you're there with the backstage and you can talk with your idols, so let's say, oh, yeah, yeah, the people you look up to, right? Yeah, and this one of the amazing experience. And once again, music gives you, it's the key to open those kind of doors, this kind of experience. And sure. even it's, if it's a concert or it's two tour all over Europe, you know, or the world, uh, still you have this memory. I was there, I could. Right, something to look back on. With those band, yeah. Yeah, I love that, man. I love, like, 
being in rhythm of fear, like that was kind of like my main goal from the beginning was like, I just want to open for all my favorite bands. You know, I don't care what it, what it takes. Like if, uh, fear factories coming through, Mm -hmm. I want to open for fear factory. If, uh, obituaries coming through, I want to open for obituary. Like I didn't want to just be at the show anymore. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like look back when I'm 80 years old and look at all these flyers like, man, like I played this band or I played, you know, when this record came out or that time frame, I remember like that band wasn't doing a whole lot and we got to play with them on a floor show because of this or whatever. Like it's good experience and it's just one of those things like just makes life like so much more uh, rich and interesting to be able to like share the stage with some of your favorite bands. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel you on that, man. That's a, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. So music, music definitely opens a lot of doors for a, a lot of normal people like us, loser type people that don't have anything cool going on. Like, you know, we're, we were never cool, but yeah, we can barely play an instrument and then we get to travel all over the world because of that. Like, yeah. It's all the passion. Wild. I think it's all the dedication and the passion because we still believe in that, you know, it's not just doing that because it's cool. It's because it's fun and because it's something that it's important to us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm just in it for the money. Uh, obviously I could care less about the music. Uh, I'm just here to, to pay off my yacht. I have like seven yachts that I got to pay off. Um, yeah. I have a Lamborg- two Lamborghinis in my garage. What do you think, man? Yeah. Down in Monaco, right? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I know the struggle. Something. I know the struggle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> got to pay off my yachts, bro. So, like, Rhythm of Fear, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, we got to go We got to go out there and, and get the get our guarantee. Uh, we get that cool 40, 40, Euro, 40, 40 euros, no, 400,000 euros per show. And we'll, I'll be okay, man. I'll be mm-hmm. all right. But you, you, you already uh, recorded a last album with Rhythm of Fear, right? Rhythm of Fear, yes. Uh, so we haven't completed it at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this is being aired, but at this point, it's almost done. Just got to mm-hmm. go back in and do a couple uh, final touches with guitar solos and, and, and vocals. But it's pretty much done. And uh, it'll be 13 tracks. Not sure when it's going to be released. Hopefully by the end of the year, maybe mm-hmm. sooner. Uh, I'm excited, man. We're all excited. We're all really proud of this album. We put a lot of work into this one. We took a good, it took us a good amount of time to, to uh, put these songs together to where we all felt happy with it. We're all very critical of our own music and it, we could write a song and then change it a hundred times before we're finally like ready, ready to record it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Logan, we are closing the episode. It was. No, man, come on, bro. <laughs> I was just getting warmed up. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you know the my public, uh, my audience. Sorry, um, is uh, is I guess is used to to have a, like one one hour episode each time. So you know, tighten oh. up, oh. man. Clear your clear your schedule for the day, and let's just listen to me breeze. <laughs> I don't know. Did you did you have any last uh, last uh, words to close this episode? Well, um, look out for the new Rhythm of Fear record. It should be out by the end of the year, 2021. Uh, hopefully, we'll be in Europe for the first time this year. If not this year, hopefully next year. Uh, shout out to all the wonderful Swiss bands out there like Celtic Frost and 
Coroner, and all my all my favorite bands that are that are from out there. Shout out to Switzerland for just being a badass, beautiful country. Uh, shout out to you for having me on this podcast. I'm I'm honored. Appreciate it. And also shout out to you for allowing me to live on your couch uh, in the next three weeks when I move in. Um, warm it up for me. No, but for I'm, sure, for sure, man. Uh, but no, that's that's it, man. Um, follow Rhythm of Fear on all our social media. You know how it is, man. Got to put the plug in there for that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's basically it, man. Thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate the time with you. And who knows, maybe in a couple of months, we could do like a live podcast together. Oh, that would be killer. That would be killer, yeah. I would be honored, man. I appreciate you. That's great. That's great. Thank you very much, Logan. Thank you. Check this out. The American trash metal band Rhythm of Fear give us a song from their EP of 2019, Ritual Dementia. This is Lightering Madness.